It's time for JT the Brick. JT. Woo! Hey, girls. How are you? Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today. Getting to know Raider Nation the way that you see them now, it's just different. JT the Brick. I think it's so important, especially for this new generation of Raider fans. Now we got something. Now we got some guys out of the tub, out of the training room, doing what they needed to do. It calms down the energy of the Raider Nation and saying, man, a lot of guys have been missing for a while. Where are they? And now they're back. This is this is what the Raiders are all about. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a big day, Tuesday, September 20th, on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, and that Raiders mobile app at Raiders.com also. Hopefully, everybody's having a good day. And it's the calm before the Tennessee storm which there are stormy skies now in front of the Raiders after an 0-2 start that I don't know anybody who expected that. I know there were some fans who thought that the Raiders wouldn't start off, you know, 3-2. and Maybe they wouldn't start off undefeated. They wouldn't go 3-0. and But at this point in time, I don't know many people, even you in the Raider Nation, who thought 0-2 was a possibility. And the Chargers were on the schedule, and the Raiders had the ball late. They could have won that game. But I don't think they deserve to win that game. They they were beat in that game. They were beat. Khalil Mack beat them, and Justin Herbert did enough to win the game. But the game against Arizona should have been an easy, easy victory. Easy. I mean, like a blowout. And it went from a blowout win to an easy win to a miracle desperate win in overtime to a collapse loss that we're cleaning up here today on the radio. Not doing what the coaches and the players are doing, which is really all the work. They're doing all the work to try to turn the season around. And that's where we stand as I'm traveling with the team to Nashville this weekend. And I'm hoping for some good mojo. And I'm hoping something good happens. Considering last night, Tennessee got blown out. Tennessee got blown out. But Arizona got blown out week one at Kansas City. And how'd that work out? So I think the good news is let's do glasses half full, glasses half empty. Half full is, thank God the Raiders are playing this Tennessee team. Can you imagine if Tennessee beat Buffalo? Tennessee lost to the Giants. And they got both. They lost to the Giants, which the Raiders did last year. But they lost to the Giants this year, and they got boat raced by Buffalo on a short week. And they're coming home a wounded animal. I think Tennessee's got much more problems than the Raiders. The Raiders lost a very flukish game to Arizona. Very flukish. Arizona deserved to win. They won the game, but it was like a million to one that the Raiders could lose that game. So, again, I, I, a lot of people are calling me and texting me saying the Raiders should have been 2-0. and They could have beat, could have, should have, would I don't do could have, should have, would already. I just do a show every day. Try to get through the show every day. I like when they win because it's much more easy for you, the fans, who we cater to. We cater to you, the fans. That's what we think we do. And for me, I got to do this all year long, no matter if they win or lose. It really makes my life a little bit easier when they win because there's smiles in the hallway. And if they lose, I still got to do my job. And I think I do my job because I try to put people on the radio and talk about wins and losses. That's all I do. So the Raiders are 0-2 and we got to deal with it. So the cover of the Las Vegas Review Journal, okay, I think it's one of the best sports pages in the country. Ed Graney, no need to panic, but it's a must win. Okay, Ed's won multiple awards. I think he's probably the best journalist in this town for a long period of time. The cover story, fans sought for slapping Murray. Cardinals quarterback hit during the victory from a fan. Well, I'm an expert on that topic because I defend the Raider fans 
more than anybody who's ever been on the radio. I'm in that position nationally, locally, and I'm a frequent guest on other shows when they want to kill the Raiders, and I go on the show saying no, 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 no. I can't defend this. I don't know who that fan was. So people who have asked me, JT, who did it? I go, I don't know. It's a nightclub. You know, or fans, or fans, you got a nightclub on one side, and you got what is not the black hole on the other side, and there are non-Raider fans at these games. So if it turns out it's a Raider fan, if they find out there's a police investigation, if it's a Raider fan, because they have it on video. I mean, there's a camera everywhere in Vegas. I always remind my friends, my goofball friends, when they come here to visit, I go, there's a camera everywhere. You don't think there's a camera. There's a camera on you wherever you are. Same thing at Allegiant Stadium. We'll find out who that idiot was who threw a slap at Kyler Murray. If it turned out it was like a nightclub fan who didn't come to the game as a Raider fan, that is different. But again, it happens in your house, and that's the image. And it's on TMZ, and it's all a bunch of, here we go again. Again, I I was in Oakland all my years. I traveled up to Oakland, and I didn't see a lot of fights. I didn't. I didn't see a lot of fights in my career with the Raiders, but everybody acted like there were 200 fights a game. I didn't see a lot of them. I was on the field, the press box, in my seats, and most of the time it was really a fan, good fan experience. But if you ask the fans around the country, they'll take any shot at a Raider fan. For two Raider fans who fought at SoFi, which they did, that's going viral, it happens. Okay? There's only so much I can do. If you're going to be stupid enough to be sitting in a game and slap a player and do it on purpose, you deserve to be arrested. You deserve the opportunity to never go to a football game in the city again. So that's the cover story today. Two cover stories. Must win and fans sought by the police for slapping Kyler Murray, who absolutely kicked our ass in the second half of that game. So that's what I'm dealing with today, which is fine. We'll we'll act accordingly here. And I don't think it's time to move on to Tennessee just yet because I don't think you do. I think fans still want to talk about what happened against Arizona and how that happened. And Patrick Graham, we have Patrick Graham today. Uh, Bobby recorded it for me. I think it's important we play it. I think it's eight or nine minutes. I want to hear the defensive coordinator, what he has to say about the scheme and what they're going to do going forward. Here's another issue I have to deal with. And you have to deal with it, too. It's Derek Carr. Now Derek Carr's got a bit of a problem on his hands here from a national perspective. Stephen A. Smith just destroyed him today. It's Stephen A. He's a friend of mine. You might like him or not, but that's he, he's an entertainer. He's an entertainer. That's what he does. Skip Bayless does it, too. They entertain people by getting loud and doing it. And, again, I like Stephen A., and some of his opinions are very strong on a bunch of different topics. So, If Derek gets outplayed by Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, you're okay with it. If he starts getting outplayed statistically by Tua and Jalen Hurts, then I don't have a problem with that because I know quarterbacks are going to have good games here and there. Tua had a six-touchdown game. He had a Dan Marino game. Derek hasn't had that yet this year. I think Derek will have a 400-yard game, a 350-yard game, a 319-yard game. That's what he does. He's pretty good at that. But right now he's 0-2. And as I mentioned this week, I back Derek Carr, obviously for a number of reasons. I think he's a good person. I think he's a good quarterback. And I think he's a good leader. I know he's a good leader because I'm in the building and I know how good of a leader he is from talking to players, from Max Crosby to the head coach and all that. We all know John Gruden said it. Jack Del Rio said it. You know, Everybody said that he's a good leader. Now he's got to play better. He's got to play better, and he's got to play better under heavy pressure. But the most pressure I think he's had, he came into the league 0-10, and now he's 0-2. And the schedule looks pretty interesting here in the next couple of weeks. 
So if the Raiders beat the Titans, which they can, they can beat the Titans. If this was the Kansas City game, I think the whole world would say 0-3 and, and take your medicine and then get on a run. Raiders got to beat the Titans. Titans just got humiliated again. And as Arizona got humiliated, the Raiders humiliated Arizona in the first half of that game. They just couldn't close it out. They've got to now jump all over Tennessee and take Tennessee's will away. That's hard to do on the road because Tennessee's at home and their coach, Mike Vrabel, is a former really good player, and he's desperate too. They have him on the hot seat. I'm like, how do you have Mike Vrabel on the hot seat? Guy wins 12 and goes 12-5 and five back-to-back years. I don't think he's on the hot seat, but some people nationally are saying that the way the team played here, there's a problem there. Plus, they got a quarterback controversy. They benched Ryan Tannehill. They got Malik Willis from Liberty, and it's kind of similar to what's going on with Kenny Pickett with Mitchell Trubisky in Pittsburgh. I don't think you bench Ryan Tannehill if you're Tennessee because once you go with this young kid, you're throwing away the season. You're just saying we're playing for next year, and you don't do that when you're 0-2. When you're 0-2, you don't throw away the season. Come on, you got 15 games left. The Raiders have 15 games left, and I think they're going to win. I thought they were going to win 10 games. I didn't pick 11 this year. I picked 10. Now they're 0-2. And they got to kick it in from first gear to fourth gear. Well, that's Derek Carr. Derek Carr's the only guy who can get the car out of the, out of the garage, off the driveway, off the side streets, and then onto the freeway where he's got to get it up to 100 miles an hour pretty quickly here. So that this now, Derek has got to have a great game on the road. And I don't know how much confidence you have in that. I do. I do. And there's only so much confidence I can have if he doesn't win this game, and again, he might play well. If Derek plays well in any game and they lose and it's someone else's fault or something happens, we address that on the show. We always do that. So let's talk about the four. So there's four halves of football. The first half of football in L.A., he missed Waller in the end zone on an open touchdown. They were down 17-3. I grade that a D. That was a bad half. The second half, he played it like a B. You know, he played pretty well. Got him in a position where they could have won the game. They didn't win the game. The first half against Arizona, he was an A. He was an A. He had unbelievable stats, a big rating, two touchdowns to Devontae and Waller. He played great. He didn't play good. He played great. And then after that, the second half was one of the worst half of footballs I've seen because it led to one of the biggest collapses, if not the biggest one in Raider history, regular season. So that's what we have. We have four halves to evaluate Derek. Then I have the quarterback rating. I have the quarterback rating. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that Derek is, is better than, like Carson Wentz and Tua, I believe, and Jalen Hurts, that are highly rated over him now. So that's just two games. It's a small sample size. And Derek usually gets his numbers up to 4,200 yards. You know, he could get you 30 touchdowns, 28 touchdowns. But, again... You know, four touchdowns, three interceptions is nothing to write home about, but there's been a lot more to that. The Kyler Murray miracle, Justin Herbert and the Raiders and the injuries and what's happening here. So as you can tell as I'm talking to you, my head is spinning. I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on. As Vince Lombardi might say, what the hell's going on out there? I don't know. I was talking to Steph McKenzie today, the rock jock, the legendary rock jock, diehard Raider fan. And she basically said to me, I thought we could be 2-0. I'm like, well, that's bad. I'm going to talk. I'm going to mention that on the radio. Yeah, we could have been 2-0. We're not 2-0. We're 0-2. And not we, them. They're 0-2. But I feel like I'm connected with the team. 
I want them to win, and I want them to win now desperately. Desperately. And I was very encouraged last night, and thanks again to Resorts World Doghouse Saloon. We were there last night for Monday Night Football. Great crowd, incredible environment. Again, go to Doghouse, come there for Monday Night Football. Real proud to have the party there at the most luxurious resort in Vegas history. That was cool, and I just saw Buffalo. That game was tight, and then Buffalo just stepped on their throats and said, you're done. Game of Thrones stuff, House of Dragon, like, you're done. Can the Raiders do that? I don't know. I, don't, I think the Raiders are suffering from injuries. We're waiting for the injury report. As Josh McDaniel said, you have to learn how not to lose. Haven't seen that yet. But I've seen the Raiders win plenty of games. Plenty of games with this group. and Derek Carr. So I think they can win that game. Now, if Tennessee would have beat Buffalo 28-27 on Monday Night Football, no one in God's green earth would give them a chance to win in Tennessee. So Tennessee is down. The Raiders are down. Who's going to win the game? That's really the topic the rest of the week. How do the Raiders win the game? They don't, the quarterback, Tannehill, got benched. They don't seem to have a lot of confidence. They got run over by Buffalo. So what do the Raiders need to do? And I think the Raiders need to play from a, from a lead. But, God, I used that up already. I said that last week. Last week I said the Raiders need to play with the lead, and they were up 20 to nothing, and they blew the lead. So how safe does the lead have to be for the Raiders to win? I just want the Raiders to play a really good football game, play a solid game, win or lose, win or lose, play a really good game, and get the train back on the track. Because the train was on the track pretty good in that first half of the game until what happened in the second half of the game. So we got some good guests today. Paul Gutierrez joins me, the Raider insider from ESPN, the voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz, and Howard Balzer, the Hall of Fame voter who covered the Cardinals' win. So we're going to talk to them, and we're going to take your phone calls at 702 365 9200. And we're going to try to piece together with you, the fans, where you're at emotionally. We're going to try to piece together a game plan on how to go win in Tennessee. And then after that, if the Raiders get to one and two, which should be two and one, and that's important because it should be two and one because they played, they should have beat Arizona. If they end up winning this game and get to one and two, then we could all circle that Denver game. And Denver's playing poorly, just like Tennessee. I actually think the Raiders are playing better than Denver, and Denver's 1-1. One and one. I think the Raiders could beat Denver at home to get to 2-2, two and two, and that would be great. 2-2 two and two right now, man, 2-2 two and two right now, I think everybody would take that uh, going into the Kansas City game. But you got to win in Tennessee, got to win in Tennessee, must win in Tennessee. And, yeah, I think it's fair. Ed Graney said it before me. The paper came on my driveway this morning. He said, but win is a must. That means must win. He's saying it. A lot of people are saying it. If you want the Raiders to make the playoffs, you got to win this game and start the positive momentum going forward, which I believe they can do. I like all the coaches because I work with them, and they're always gentlemen and good to me. I think this is a really good coach. I know he's a really good coach. He's got six Super Bowl rings. People are ridiculously stupid if they don't think this guy's a good football coach. He has six Super Bowl rings. And as he stepped on the sideline at the head coach, he's not blowing down in distance and the clock and blowing through his timeouts. He's a damn good football coach who was snake bit in his second game or he'd be one and one. And no one around the league would be talking about Josh McDaniels. He'd be one and one going into the Tennessee game because he's 0-2. Even Raider fans are saying, oh, my God, what a disaster hire. It's not a disaster hire. It's a really good hire. It's a really good hire. I'll say that no matter what happens the next couple of weeks. 
Mark Davis believes in him, the plan with Dave Ziegler, to get this team to be a consistently long-term great team. They're not great now because of the offensive line. They're not great now because Dave Ziegler couldn't get rid of everybody yet. He couldn't get rid of the guys that they want to get rid of, obviously, and bring in new guys. Okay, they can't go to the airport and pick up the seven new guys that they want next year in the draft and free agency. I mean, how much more they can do? They paid Max. They paid Derek. They paid Waller. They paid Renfro. That was the priority. And to get Devontae, they had to give up two first-round picks. That's it. So what, what is the fair criticism? Well, they didn't go get an offensive lineman. Very fair. I got that wrong. I thought at a minimum there was going to be a recognizable name. Not Coleccio Semele, who hasn't played in two years, but some guy that we know around the league that they would have got to stabilize the offensive line. I believe that they didn't get that player because they didn't like those players available. Right? They didn't want to do that. They didn't want to give a three-year deal to some guy that's 34 years old that they don't think has a lot. They want to get that guy in free agency or the draft next year. So I thought they did a pretty good job retaining the stars on the team, bringing in some new names, and then when you get Merrick Hurt and Perryman Hurt, if Perryman plays 10 plays in that game, if Perryman plays 10 snaps in that game, they win the game. 10. You don't have to play the whole game. He couldn't. He's injured. So if he plays 10, there's no way they lose that game. All they needed was one batted ball, one sack, or Derek running for a first down, running for one first down in the second half, and the clock bleeds out. Couldn't do it. Tip your cap to Arizona. They did. That's how you lose games. That's how you win games. I mean, is everybody going to complete a fourth down bleeping pass against this team the rest of our lives? Gus Bradley and Patrick Graham? I mean, can they stop anybody on fourth down? Uh, You stop them on first, second, and third. Stop them on the fourth. But it's Kyler Murray. Now, if that happens with Ryan Tannehill, (laughs) I got no answer there. But Tannehill's played some big games in this league. Derek Carr, Derek Carr has to play great. Not good. He's got to play great. He has the ability to play great. When's it going to start? Hopefully in Tennessee. I thought the first half against Arizona, Derek came out. He was fantastic. Good decisions, long drives, in and out of the huddle correctly, lining everybody up, checking out of plays. Vintage Derek Carr. Second half, three and out, three and out, three and out. Those three and outs were the death of the Raiders. Get one first down. And then going back and looking at the tape and Devontae disappears. When the panic, which I don't think the panic kicked in from the coach, Well, the quarterback, they weren't panicking. Fans were panicking. I was panicking in the stands. But when when all hell was breaking loose in the second half, why couldn't Devontae run a four-yard in? Just a four-yard in route, get hit here in the waist, fall forward for three yards, first down, put the ball down, game's over. Couldn't do it. I don't know why. I looked at the tape. I watched the game. Uh, He was bracketed over the top, but he was bracketed over the top 20 yards. He was one-on-one at the line of scrimmage. Throw it to him. Just throw it to him. And I think you throw it high, you throw it low, he's going to get it. He falls forward for a first down. Hunter has been guarded tough. Everybody in the league now is out zeroing in on Hunter. They didn't do that early on in his career. Now they're doing that. They're really guarding him well. And Darren is a big guy. It, you know He gets off the line of scrimmage well, and as soon as he takes off for a route, 
Safety one or two comes over the top and goes, I got him. That's a locomotive freight train coming at us. We got to double team him. So it's hard to get him the ball all the time. Devontae, no excuse. Throw him the damn ball. I had people bitching and moaning, calling me week one, saying, oh, we targeted Devontae too much. We targeted Devontae too much. Well, if he was targeted too much in the second half, the Raiders win that game easily. Easily. But credit Arizona. They did a nice job there. Arizona did a nice job looking at the game again. In the second half, they were closer to the line of scrimmage. They were blitzing more off the edge. They were just saying, hey, we're going to lose this game. Let's go fire drill and let's go balls out. And they were able to do it. Maybe the Raiders will have to do that in Tennessee. And Patrick Graham will unleash the Hounds and they're going to be able to do it. If Jonathan Abrams is going to be on the field, just blitz him, please. I don't need to see him in coverage ever again. I don't. The, the touchdown that Tyler, Kyler Murray threaded to the back of the end zone, two safeties and a, and, a, and a corner trying to get to a ball that was thrown over a linebacker. One of the best, I said the second greatest throw I've ever seen in Allegiant Stadium history. The first one by far was Justin Herbert's fourth and 23 in the game the Chargers lost. Never seen a ball thrown that hard so precisely. And the second one was the Kyler Murray touchdown in the back of the end zone. And everybody was just in the back of the end zone looking at the ball. They could not... They could not have hand-eye drills to knock the ball down because the ball came so laser beam. I counted five guys, linebacker over the top of his head, three or four guys in the end zone, three of them in the back. He threaded the needle. Wow, what a throw. Kyler Murray, an elite quarterback. Elite, not good, elite, and he just started in his career. You wonder why Kyler Murray got $240 million? You saw it at Allegiant Stadium. And don't ever put your hands on Kyler Murray. Any fan in that, and any, I don't care if you're in the nightclub drinking Casamigos or if you're in the other end zone or anywhere else. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't touch anybody. And we'll see how that story develops. All right. That's what we got. Uh, as we begin the show, a year ago today, a year ago today, my great friend Rob Rivera, the founder of the Black Hole, died. It was crushing to me and thousands in the Raider Nation. Life-changing, life-altering for Rachel and his girls. He passed away. We don't have him anymore. I think of him all the time. All the time when I host the show and anything to have to do with the Raiders. Today's the one-year anniversary. Raider man kicking it off for our good friend in memory. Go ahead. Hey, what's going on, JT? You sure made that one tough, bro. Now I got to try to choke back tears and spit this out. Sorry, I'm in a hollow. I had to try to find me a space to hide out. Tough finding the time to call on this new job, man. But, okay. you know, I just want to touch on a few things because, you know, Mr. Rob is one thing. And just the whole weekend, you know, you, you were with us in the beginning of this thing when, you know, how we targeted that opening day, especially home openers, because it's about setting the tempo. It's about, you know, establishing our forefront and what we want to do as a team. And we were always on the, on the, on the, the you know, ground zero of making sure that we had our teams back and doing that. And I really, really miss my guy, man. Sunday, would have literally been my dad's birthday. God rest his soul. I've been 15 years without my pop now. Uh, I've been 41 years without my mom. And so, you know, the black holes, Raider Nation, all this stuff, me being a Raider man, this really is my family. You know, it's not like I don't have any other family members, but I really kind of don't in a sense. But, you know, when it comes to this Raider Nation thing, man, I'm, I've been all in since day one. And what happened on Sunday with Kyler Murray getting hit like that really pissed me off because you know how hard we fought to reestablish the true 
identity of our fan base to truly, you know, clean up that reputation that was being established around the world about us. And the faces in that black hole were known. So you didn't get stupid stuff like that. You know, you get out of line in the hole, we put your ass over the wall, let Jackson and Dixon come get you. You know, it was no big thing. But now you know, everybody's just about money and they're selling it out. And I don't really want to go down that line, but this is what happens when you let idiots in the party. And, you know, you got to learn how to check the people around you. So people get accountable in them stands because we need to make sure we keeping that stadium protected. <clears throat> I'm going to do this real quick because I don't want to be beating down my quarterback, but I got to get this off my chest. We just had two straight games. Now, this is the beginning of the season. Yeah, we got 17 games, but that's no excuse. And everybody that's making excuses, I'm going to say this harsh. They ain't Raider fans. So I don't understand how they get a chance to speak for us regardless because they don't feel our pain. They have no idea what the hell they're talking about when it comes to us. And this is a special thing. We got a goal. It's called Super Bowl. And when you come out 0-2, uh, it makes it very, very tough to do that. So you got to remember, scripted plays are been, has been the key to Derek's car fire so far this year. I can't even take shots at Josh McDaniel. I'm still pissed off because we, you know, kind of got the pseudo Raiders thing going. And I'm a hard, I'm a hard nut to crack. So, you know, it's going to take me a while to wash that out of my mouth. But the truth of the matter is, is it takes a process. And the longest tenured person on this organization is Derek Carr next to uh, 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 Mark Davis. So it, it comes a, a thing of ownership. It's about responsibility and accountability. And I don't hear that. And that's frustrating for me as a Raider fan to keep hearing that over and over regurgitated from people who aren't Raider fans. I just can't take it. We've saw the Herbert effect already. We've seen the Murray effect already. And I'd be damned if I'm going to sit by and watch my team go to Tennessee and get haunted by that Tannehill effect. I even had to watch the Garoppolo effect happen over on the other side of the bay. And this thing is sickening to me, man. D.C., I need you to get your ass off your shoulders, bro, because the season is already underway. And damn, because we didn't have no reps in preseason, all the excuses out the window. It's all, it's kill or be killed now. You know, when it comes to images, Mike Myers, Jason Voorhees, we know that they play toys. But everybody take them seriously. Why? Because they know they're only here to kill you. That's the only thing that's going to gain our respect. The good guy game is over with, man. Yep. It's time to put the Bible down and pick up the knife. I see what I'm looking at. You All right, Raider man. Thanks a lot. Time. Thanks for calling in on the anniversary of uh, Rob Rivera's passing. Knew you would do that. Really appreciate that as we open up the show. We're brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town, Golden Entertainment. They fuel the monologue for us with the new look stratosphere, Arizona Charlie's. The concerts at the Laughlin Entertainment Center, everything they do. If you're looking for a happy hour, it's one of the only nights of the week where we don't have football. Uh, go to PTs to watch the Golden Knights. They're a proud partner of the Golden Knights. But they get us going because they know we're talking to Raider fans. And we remind Raider fans, when you come from out of town or when you're here, you want to have a better time from 5 to 7, midnight to 2, at one of the 60-plus taverns here in the Valley. It's a good day to call in. Uh, I'm open until 1 o'clock. We might have Howard Balzer a little bit earlier. We'll have the Patrick Graham press conference. Want to hear what he has to say on that. And the Bills win over the Titans. And how good that looked. What to expect from the Titans. Look, we got two teams that are 0-2 that are desperate for a win. That's going to make for a hell of a storyline all week long. After reviewing the film, um, you know, much like we talked about yesterday, you know, had opportunities, uh, say, in all three phases to really, um, you know, 
put the game away in the second half and and uh, you know really didn't didn't take advantage of those um, you know and I give credit again to them they they played really hard um, you know to get to grind back and get into the game and then they made the necessary plays converted a lot of fourth downs two point conversions um, you know to be able to to put the game uh, into overtime so uh, give them credit their coaching staff did a good job their players did um, and like I said they played they made one more play than we did so um, you know we'll, we'll improve we'll uh, be able to see a lot from this tape and obviously we're going to need to uh, need to do that as quickly as we can Josh McDaniels I feel for the coach you don't have to I do I do. I interview him every Thursday, and that should have been his first win. And it was a home opener for him. And I thought they did enough to win the game, and then a lot of things went south for them. Uh, Breaking news, the Raiders just put out a statement. The Raiders family mourns the passing of Maury Wills. Uh, Talking about the legendary Dodger who passed away. The three-time World Series champion, seven-time National League All-Star, was a gifted shortstop and among the most exciting players of his era. He was constant threat on the base pass, breaking the major league record with 104 stolen bases during his MVP season in 1962, uh, deeply connected over the decades to the Raiders. That's what the Raiders do. Joe Morgan, Maury Wills, Bill Russell, the legends who are associated and were Raider fans and all that. So rest in peace to Maury Wills. As we're now moving on, Howard Balzer is going to join us. I want to get his opinion on the Arizona side of what happened. And then we'll get on to Tennessee tomorrow. We just confirmed Steve Wisniewski tomorrow. Wiz will join us. Always thrilled to talk to him. Chris in West Oakland, you're up next. Thanks for calling, Chris. What's happening? Hey, JTS. Sad news about Maury Wells. And, you know, rest in peace to our brother, you know, Black Hole Rob. I think about him often, too, especially when I drive by the Coliseum. And it's, uh, you know, it just, it just shows you how time flies, man, It's that it's already been a year. I remember the tribute show you did to him. Literally, literally seems like it, it was just a week ago. So let me hit the game real quick. And, Len, let me preface this by saying, again, I am not defending Derek Carr the way he's played the last two weeks. He's played poor. Uh, you know, he he's not hasn't played up to par. You know, we had high expectations for this offense, and for whatever reason, they haven't met them yet. So again, I'm not defending Derek Carr, but I am tired of people giving this porous defense a pass in the second half. They gave up a 20 point lead. Part of that, I believe, was on Josh McDaniels. I thought the Raiders came out with very little fire on both sides of the ball like they thought the game was over. And, yes, if the Raiders would have picked up a couple of yards, got a couple of first downs, blah, 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 they would have won the game. Bottom line, you give a 20-point lead to your defense – Without the Raiders never turned the ball over. They never gave Arizona a short field. The defense just did not get the job done. And we've seen this over and over and over again. It's like our defense is so poor, we expect that the offense has to score 35 points or we won't win the game. Because what I see, JT, third coordinator three years, we got the same players. Max Crosby had... Kyler Murray wrapped up on fourth down, couldn't bring him down. Jonathan Abram had a pick six on the play before they tied the game. He's so bad in coverage, he doesn't even try to catch the ball. He just sticks his right hand in there. Jeff Tatum, George Atkinson, uh, you know, Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson, Namdi Asamoah, any defensive back with any 
Pop Warner level of playing a football intercepts that pass and that one play, and the game is over. Another issue, where's Chandler Jones been? We keep changing coordinators, JT. I keep hearing about putting players in different schemes, but I see the same thing over and over. 83 times an opponent's dropped back to pass, they've been sacked once. So, again, not exonerating Carr whatsoever. He's been poor. But you're right. He does have to play great because it looks to me like it's no different than any other year. If the Raiders don't go out and score 35 points, I don't give them a lot of chance to win. I like their chances this week for one reason. They're going to try to bleed Derrick Henry. Teams that run the ball on the Raiders do them a favor because the Raiders are clueless in the passing game. So maybe them trying to lean on Derrick Henry will work in the Raiders' favor and they won't shred their passing game. So again, last night, Philadelphia didn't score a point in the second half and only had four first downs in the second half. You know why they won the game? Because they've got an actual defense. So again, go ahead and rip Derek Carr, but quit giving this defense a pass because the reason they didn't get their ass off the field is because just like year in and year out, they can't make a play. I thought it was going to be different than Ziegler this year. They go out and get Rocky Asin. Hey, everybody's happy. He's got two interceptions in five seasons. Find me some damn ball hops in the secondary so we can actually win a game and play like a legitimate NFL defense. Thank you, my friend. Rest in peace, Maury Wills. Rest in peace, Raider Rob. I mean, Black Hole Rob. Um, I'm going to have a drink on everybody tonight. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Chris. Always love Chris's calls. He has the right to call in, and he's usually you know, very intense. He's a lifelong Raider fan, and it's frustrating for a lot of Raider fans. Frustrating right now. Where's the positive in this? The positives are they have good players. They're a good team. They got, they're getting buried early 0-2. they got to fight their way out of it. We're going to learn a lot about the leaders on this team. For Chandler Jones, when I went back and watched the tape again, there were a couple plays where he was just standing up and not rushing. That was shocking to me. Well, it was a coverage play or, you know, what was he doing there? Where are his legs And I think he'll find his legs. He doesn't have them right now to that point. He's not explosive off the ball yet. Yet. He has been his entire career. I watched Triple G fight the other night. Canelo. First four rounds, five rounds of the fight, Triple G didn't move. He didn't move. We're all sitting there. I'm with Chris Matthews from 8 News Now. I'm like, what's going on? Then Triple G, round seven to the end of the fight, coming forward, found his legs. Maybe it's going to take Chandler Another game to this game. Remember he had five sacks against Tennessee? Okay, this has got to be his game. The Raiders cannot wait for Chandler Jones anymore at 0-2. He's got to play at a high level in this game. Okay, we're not calling people out. We're captain bleeping obvious. Chandler Jones along with Max Crosby. Max is like he's shot out of a cannon every play. They're holding Max. Holding him, and they hold defensive ends in this league, but they're holding him, and they're double-teaming him. So the guy on the other side's not getting double-teamed, or if he is less than Max, you got to make plays, man. you got to make plays. And again, football players should not be judged on four, eight, seven quarters of their entire career. We're not going to judge Chandler Jones on a potential Hall of Fame career on two games. He played in Vegas, but it's go time. We all know it's go time, and the show feels like it, doesn't it? That's what we feel like today. We feel like it's go time as we get heavy into the prep coming up tomorrow. Paul Kukarski, play-by-play voice coming. I got everybody from Tennessee coming in. I'll be in Tennessee. Also, if you're going to Nashville, 
Tell me where you're going to be. We'll be on Broadway. We'll have a couple of ideas what we're doing there. Here's Passionate Raider behind Chris in West Oakland. Okay, go ahead. What up, JT? Hey, hey great, call, great call so far by Chris and Raider, man, you know. And, and, JT, one thing I love about this Raider Nation is, man, we all got our own little niches that we watch and we constantly look at the games that, that, that spark each one of us different way. You know, Chris and West Oakland is a great caller, man. I, I wish I could dialogue like he does, man. He, he can say things perfectly. And I agree to a disagree to an extent that, JT, you know, you sit there and you say the coach is great and all this other stuff. And, and, and right now, man, you know, it's like it's hard to sit there and say that I have confidence or I can believe because it, it, it's starting out 0-2. And, and, you know, like Raider Man said, it, 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 we, you look forward to a Super Bowl every year. We know this. But starting out like this and shaky like this, it, 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 it's doing nothing but, but, but questioning the nation and bringing division and, and, and everything. And like he said about Derek, I don't know, you know, like, Raider, rest in peace to all the Raider Nation, Raider Rob, all those guys. Never knew him, but I just heard you guys and heard of you guys and never got to, able to speak to you guys until this Raider Nation radio. And, you know, when we yell, it's not like we get so mad at our team, JT. We get so mad at the Raiders. We get so mad. I get so mad at Derek Carr because we've been representing these Raiders before he ever come around. And, and to still have this chance to be there at year nine, knowing, okay, Josh says we have to learn to win. But you know what, Josh? You walked into a locker room that was already winning. We were winning. We were just a couple plays away from being good, JT. And I just think that the, 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 the mix-up, is now everyone's back at ground zero. Again. Yeah. So now, now you say we have to learn to win, but we were winning, JT. And for, and for Derek to know how to play football the way that he knows how to play football, like he, like Raider Man said, you gotta drop, you gotta drop the pretty boy, Derek, and go in there and take control of your team. You've been there longer than anybody next to Mark. This is your offense. When you're not standing up on that sideline when that defense is out and you're just sitting in la la land, that's just not a good vibe, man. You gotta get up and move these guys because you have a nation out here that loves this team. And for what we've seen and what you have and what's going on right now, this ain't you. We know you're not the greatest, but what's happening right now is not you. This ain't you. So whatever's going on, JT, this team needs to sit down and have a one-on-one and really figure it out because it's 0-2 going to Tennessee, who they don't want to be 0-3. It hits 0-3, JT. It's ugly. Yep. It's real yep. ugly, man. All right, let me jump in. No one wants to go 0-3. No one wants to lose a game. No team goes into a week saying, we could lose this game. Let's win the next two. Every coach, every team wants to win. And Josh McDaniels has been a part of many more wins than anyone in this Raider organization the last 20 years. Okay, Josh McDaniels has been a part of six Super Bowls. He coached more games, more practices, more meetings than anyone who's been around here for quite some time. Okay, these losses, he takes the heat for them, and he's taking it. And so's the quarterback. But they're getting a lot of heat from Raider fans on top of all the noise outside the rest of the league, which is mainly the media, right? So think about that. And I ask you, I'm not telling you stop. I've never told you to do anything, never once. I just say, bring energy. That's all I ask. Imagine what it's like to be a player or a coach and really desperate to win for you, your family, the players, and you're getting this much heat from the fan base on top 
of the lunatics in the media that already hate the Raiders. So there's plants at ESPN, Fox Sports 1, everywhere that despise the Raiders. A lot of them are former players and members of the media. So add that in and then sprinkle in Raider Nation who's turning on the team. Not not upset. You know, Chris, passionate, called in, Raider man. They're, they're frustrated. They give you good points about why they're frustrated. I'm talking about the other group of people who are just piling on when a, pre- when a coach goes into a press conference and people are sitting there at work going into feeds and saying blank, blank, blank. I mean, come on. Are you, are you a fan? You're not a fan if you do that. You're an idiot. I mean, fans are fans. Idiots are idiots. And again, it's not looking good, 0-2. There's plenty of football left. We'll be here for all of it. I have no idea what the record's going to be. I just care about effort. Effort and win the games you're supposed to win. There's going to be two or three games that you just get beat by a better team. Raiders didn't get beat by a better team in Arizona. They were the better team. They should have buried them. And that loss has magnified the season so far. What a difference between 1-1 one and 0-2. One and oh and I've been telling you that for decades. I always say that every time a team goes 0-2, oh it's tough to turn everybody around. Five seconds to go. Fourth and goal from the three. Raiders 23. Cardinals 15. Kyler Murray's going to keep this ball, Jason. Snap. Backs up. Still backing up. Now takes up off the middle. Points the football. Touchdown, Arizona, with no time on the clock. Told you he's going to keep that ball. Lincoln Kennedy called the play. Lincoln Kennedy called the play. Lincoln Kennedy called the play from the booth. JT, back with you. Uh, Good news. The Pro Football Hall of Fame announced their 129 modern-day nominees for the class of 2023. Uh, A bunch of players who played for the Raiders on that list, including my teammate on the pre and post, Eric Allen, who's been a semifinalist in the past. Shane Leckler was a really good chance of getting into the Hall of Fame. Shane Leckler, very important. He's a Raider. This is his first-time nominee. He might not get in the first time, but he's got the numbers to do it. Terry McDaniel, Andre Risen, Pat Schilling, Justin Tuck, Leroy Glover, Navarro Bowman, and here's the big one. He joins us tomorrow, Steve Wisniewski. So that's your list. Uh, I'm really pulling for a few guys there. It's very important that Shane Leckler becomes a Hall of Famer. He has the numbers to do it. I don't know if he'll get in first ballot, but Shane Leckler could be a punter into the Hall of Fame, which is really important. All right. Ross, Raider Nation Golf Club. I played that out at the tournament. I was thrilled to be invited to play on Saturday. The great Rod Martin was out there along with so many other Raider alumni. Ross, thanks for the invite. Thanks for coming on. It was great playing with you. How are you? Hey, JT. I'm living the dream, man. It was a blast having you out there. And, uh, you know, we had the Raider Nation out there in strong numbers. Had almost 100 golfers and uh, several just legends like uh, Ira Matthews, Mario Salato. Lots of great guys out there with us, man. It was just a fun day. Yeah, and I played with David Williams, a former wide receiver, the legend at Illinois, the two-time All-American, and it was nice to get back to the clubhouse and see Rod Martin there with his wife. His, he just recently got married. I know he was signing jerseys and all of that. So uh, recap it for us. How did it go? And especially to have a tournament associated with Rod Martin is always fun. 
Yeah, I mean, it was just an honor to have Rod out there with us. He's just such a great guy, and he's, you know, he's a man of the people. He loves Raider Nation. So, you know, I interviewed him a couple months ago and just talked to him about life and hit him up about being our, you know, our um, grand chairman for the event. He was he was all for it, and uh, we had a great turnout. We raised money for a great cause, Stand Up for Pits, which mm-hmm. is a pit bull rescue foundation that just does good work, and, and we love to support him. Fantastic. How can anybody become a member of the Raider Nation Golf Club? I love this. A lot of fans in the Raider Nation love to golf, and they'd like to golf with more Raider fans. Man, all they got to do is reach out to me. I'm on Instagram, Raider Nation Golf Club, and Alpha Raider HB. I'm also on Facebook, Ross Ricks, and the Raider Nation Golf Club on Facebook as well. And we put on tournaments two to three times a year, and we're always looking to support great causes that, you know, Especially, we're especially fond of uh, of dogs and supporting them. Like last year, mm-hmm. we were on nine eleven, and we did a um, a fundraiser for uh, pets for vets. Nice. We had several vets and first responders got to play with us for free, as well as we generated, you know, money for that great foundation. And you'll be out in Nashville. You go to a lot of road games. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 in pretty deep on the uh, commitment to excellence. I mean, the only mm-hmm. games I'm actually going to miss this year, at least so far, is uh, Jacksonville at Denver, at Seattle, and at Pittsburgh. And I'm thinking about taking Mama to Pittsburgh, but it's going to be awful cold. So I don't <laughs> well, thanks for enjoy, uh, for inviting me, for letting me be a part of it, and come on and promote the next one anytime you want. Oh, that was great, JT. We really appreciated you being there with us. And, yeah, we're looking forward to doing it again. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Raider Nation Golf Club. Go find it, Instagram, Facebook, and go golf with Raider fans. It was uh, a good day out there to hang out with Raider Nation and golf. I hit a couple good ones, hit a couple bad ones. Always fun playing in a scramble there early in the morning and doing it with the Raider fans for a great cause. Alex in Rhode Island on the Raiders mobile app. Uh, app. Hello, Alex. Go ahead. Hey, JT. How you doing? Doing well. 2017, Raiders started off 2-0, and looked dominant, beat the Titans, beat the Jets. They were coming off that 12-4 and year. What was the record at the end of the year? I don't know exactly. I don't remember that. My six brain... Six- Six yeah. and ten. Okay, six and six ten and after ten. a two and zero start. Six and ten after a two and zero start. People are freaking out. I've seen. I've been a Raider fan since the mid seventies. I have seen a lot of games. That was one of those weird, funky, freaky games that everything had to fall in place for for them to lose the game. It's just weird. I think the offense is still going to be very good. I think I and I thought so too. They were going to start hitting on all cylinders immediately, and it, it's not reasonable. Um, I think they've got to hit their stride. People have got to be patient and let it play out, mm-hmm. please. They're going to be good. I know they're going to be good. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the same thing with you. I've been right some years. I've been wrong some years. It's been 24 years for me. There's been a lose, losing seasons that mounted. And the winning seasons and the playoff seasons have been hard to come by. You know, I started with the Raiders, and they went to the playoffs and the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl. I was hoping that would be like that every year. Some years it's good, some years it's not. And I think it's going to be a good year. I always planned on it being a good competitive year, but an 0-2 start, I did not plan. I didn't see that. I thought they'd be 1-1. One and, one. and then I thought best-case scenario would have been 3-2. and two. Reality could have been 2-3. and three. And that's where we're at. We're at reality. Are they going to win three in a row? Can't say that after losing two in a row. Can they win the next two in a row going into Kansas City? That would be a hell of a way. Hell of a way to turn this around. But it does start does start in Nashville, and I know Raider Nation will be there. Jason Horowitz, voice of the Raiders, coming up next. <laughs> 